Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. All right, here's my plan. I've got some education things to bring up. I have some jab-related things as usual as well, and I'm going to jump in on the tail end of this episode and bring up President Trump's speech and what he says and what he mentions, sort of provide my two cents on that. And then there you go. And of course, we're going to have to see what happens and uh, we'll move forward from there. But I'm recording this particular part first and then I'll come in on the end and, and give my take after, after his speech. So there is one thing, though, that I wanted to mention. This was bouncing around Great Awakening a number of days ago. And I caught this and I thought, this is interesting. Because again, for those of you that may be aware, there's a great deal of people who track the planes that fly around, and uh, we have the ability, of course, from the internet to do that. And you can determine which planes are military and which planes are commercial airlines. Uh, but I wanted to read this particular post because there's something that's been going on apparently where there are little to zero military aircraft in the air. Now, that's impossible. There are always military aircraft in the air, uh, but this particular post has to do with how their transponders are turned off, and that's not an accident. So it says the following. It says, data point, the military has turned off ADS transponders for 99% of their flights. It says the following, quote, I was expecting this. There are currently four cargo planes visible, no ASW flights, no ISR flights no stratcom flights and none of the blackhawks have transponders on them we went from average daily activity of 300 to 400 down to 4 sometime last night now again this is a few days ago it says could be nothing but it could be something huge it's actually more spooky than seeing a huge number of activity transponders are left on for a variety of reasons a big one is safety they use them for a reason Turning them off is not a decision made lightly. It's basic risk management. Something caused them to choose to turn off the transponders. The need for secrecy right now outweighs the safety provided by using transponders. It's not done for fun. It's not a normal state of existence. Got to admit the timing is interesting. The election system is obviously completely broken. We are being shown. Q is posting more frequently now, taking control, quote-unquote, was mentioned in a previous post. Don't get too excited, but this is definitely very unusual. Another sign that something large is occurring that we aren't being told, unquote. So I just wanted to read that because, again, that's an interesting observation, and there's a whole section of Anons and a number of different individuals that watch those plane flights and watch those patterns and pay attention to what's going on and what isn't. For example, there was a lot of a lot of military activity around Mar-a-Lago, I recall, uh, back in 2021 when the fake inauguration was taking place. Excuse me, and a lot of people were saying that's odd that there would be a lot of military activity off the coast of Mar-a-Lago down in Florida. So, again, a lot of the implications back then were, of course, that Mar-a-Lago is the new White House. Trump is, of course, still the president legally, and that would make sense. So, again, I'm going to jump in on the back end of this particular episode and just, again, give you my two cents on, on the Trump speech, what I thought, what I caught, 
And I know a lot of other people are going to be opining about it regardless of what he says. So yeah, I'll get in on the other end of, of this episode and, and certainly give you my two cents on that. Uh, shifting gears here real quickly, AJ Gochik sent me an interesting text. And uh, it again has to do with a little bit of background on Simone Gold. Just a little bit more. He said this was straight from her uh, Wikipedia page. It says in 2009, Simone Gold worked for an assistant to Israeli ambassador to the United States, Michael Oren. And then under the personal life section, he said, Gold was married to businessman Larry Gold until they divorced in 2010. The couple had two children. With her husband, Gold, was active in Los Angeles' Jewish community and donated thousands of dollars to their children's Jewish private school, where she was a member of the Parent-Teacher Association. The other observation that I have made over the last couple of years, certainly the last year and a half, is that Dr. Simone Gold used to wear a cross around her neck with regularity. And uh, she had no business, or not, well, no business. That's another story for another time, I'm sure. But she, uh, she had no, absolutely no problem referencing her family's connection to the quote-unquote Holocaust. And now, of course, she's been on Tucker's Fox Nation show, and she's wearing the star of Remfan on her neck, otherwise referred to and falsely referred to as the Star of David. It's really referred to as the star of Remfan. And just a quick little background on that. When people ask what that is, uh, here's an explanation that is provided. It says, quote, In the final sermon before he was martyred, Stephen recited the history of rebellious Israel, referring to the idolatry of the ancient Israelites. Stephen mentioned the god Moloch and the star of your god Rem. Refan, Refan, I'm saying that right, in Acts 7.43. Other versions of the Bible spell the name of the false god as Remphan or Romfa, and they are all talking about the same false god. So there's that. It's not really the Star of David. Uh, it is remarkably nefarious as far as the Bible is concerned, and I just wanted to throw that out there as a quick history lesson. There really is no Star of David, quote-unquote, and there you go. So apparently Simone Gold is confused. Is it the cross or the Star of Remphan? Which is it? Um, she, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to trust her any further than I can throw her. Again, in the last episode, I brought up the lawsuit. I hope it sticks. Very odd, to say the least. Moving on now to education-related things. This is, uh, this, is, this is ballsy. The hubris of these people. The National Education Association, ladies and gentlemen, decided to tweet out the following. And the funny part is, is it's not a complete sentence. But they don't care. They're not interested in complete sentences at the National Education Association. They're interested in insulting every single parent and family who associates with American K-12 public schools. They tweeted out the following on November 12th. They said, quote, Educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and to thrive. 
Again, it's an incomplete sentence, but uh, they're telling you that they don't care about you. They know what's best. The family doesn't know. The father doesn't know. The mother doesn't know. The grandparents have no clue. Even if they are former educators themselves, they have no idea what is best for their child in order to learn and to thrive, according to the National Education Association. Know your enemy, ladies and gentlemen. Know your enemy, because they don't like you. This was sent to me, this next story, by our based educator out of Louisiana. This is from theHayride.com. It continues to exemplify the corruption that exists, and no matter how bad the policies, they're just going to keep pushing them through. This story says the following, quote, Louisiana's Republican majority, Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, demonstrated yesterday that it is an openly political body whose members are more concerned about prostituting for their leftist donors and the education bureaucracy than they are about efficiently using taxpayer money and ensuring Louisiana students can read and write. In a 8-3 vote, BESE, again, the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education, rejected some very reasonable and urgently needed reforms proposed by the state superintendent, Cade Brumley. Brumley's reforms were broadly supported by the business community and concerned citizens across Louisiana, many of whom voted to elect the board members who betrayed them yesterday. If their votes could have foreseen yesterday's vote, voters, rather, could have foreseen yesterday's vote, these members could not have been elected. It says Brumley's changes would have imposed measurable standards by which public school performance would be ranked in the areas of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Sounds nice. Furthermore, the proposal would have incentivized districts to reallocate a portion of resources to train high school students in skilled trades to enable them to assume stable, good-paying jobs right after high school. Right now, many of our students take out loans to attend college not because they feel called to it, but because they don't know what else to do. They drop out after a year or two, in debt and with no employable skills. Brumley sees this, and his proposed change would have solved this problem, both for the students and for the companies who need skilled labor and cannot find it. BESE was having none of it. Rather than support Brumley's efforts, BESE surrendered once again to a system of entrenched mediocrity and failure. I couldn't help but notice the presence at the hearing of teachers and administrators from the St. Helena, or Helena, rather, school district, who were opposed to Brumley's proposals. Most people know that Louisiana's public school systems ranks at or near the very bottom nationally in every major performance metric. St. Helena ranks last in Louisiana. It is not coincidental that arguably the worst performing school district in America was present in force lobbying BESE to keep things exactly as they are, and BESE dutifully complied. Real quick here, quick interjection. This also, I think, exemplifies the behavior of many school teachers, in particular the most ignorant ones. It does not matter which pattern of behavior they become entrenched in, 
or what hole they dig. If they're used to digging slop, then they just want to keep digging slop. The last thing that they want to do is change where they dig or come to the realization that they don't have to dig anymore. That there are easier ways to do things. They fear change. Even if the change alleviates the current frame of mind that they have that is strenuous or everything that they've been doing in recent time, regardless of how little sense what they've been doing actually makes, the last thing they want to do is change the way that they're doing it. You've heard me say this too, that one of the comments that consistently gets made, and it's purposefully used to manipulate American K-12 school teachers, even at the university level, I might add, is, they'll, is you'll have administrators show up in a faculty meeting and they'll say something, and it usually occurs at the beginning of the school year or uh, even at the, at the semester break after a Christmas break, but they'll come back and they'll say, okay, good news, we have some things that we want to be able to take off of your plate, quote unquote. We want to remove some things from your plate. As if to say, all those things that we were having you do in the past, whatever they were, and the list of useless things that administrators have K-12 schools and, and school teachers do is endless. I mean, it's an endless list of nonsense. But they'll, they'll, they'll come in and try to play hero, much like in any abusive relationship. They'll punch you in the face a thousand times and then buy you flowers and take you out to dinner, only, only to then punch you in the face later on down the line again. But they'll consistently do this, and this unfortunately is, a, is a, another pattern of behavior that exists. But like I said, Many of these school teachers do not care that what they are shoveling is complete slop because if you tell them to stop and do something else, they get angry at having to stop and do something else. The profession does not have to be as hard as it is. It never had to be. But this is what happens when all these hands are in the cookie jar and you have all of this corruption. It continued here with this story and it says, BESE has done yet another great disservice to Louisiana taxpayers and to the students they are sworn to serve. The following BESE members who voted against Brumley's proposals must be exposed for who they are and what they have done, and they must be removed and replaced by real leaders. Here we go. The names Sandy Halloway, Republican, Holly Bofi, if I'm saying that right, Republican, Michael uh, Malerny, Republican, and Ronnie Morris, Republican. Again, that right there should prove to everybody it's not a left or right issue, it's a money issue. It's a corruption issue. It then says the following, their names should be well known by voters in their districts come election time in 2024. To paraphrase JFK, the people are in charge and we will get the education system we deserve and demand. Louisiana public school students deserve much better than this. We will demand it. Written by J. Christopher Alexander of the Louisiana Citizen Advocacy Group, unquote. If you want to do the children a service in Louisiana or any state, all you really have to do is take the elementary school level more seriously with reading, writing, and arithmetic. And by the time they're out, they can homeschool themselves. 
They can problem solve. They can start to critically think themselves. They can look things up online accurately and learn how to do that. But again, if you brainwash them very young within, within a system that is controlling and not allowing them to think and learn how to search things online, that's just going to carry over into middle school or the exact same thing is going to happen again. And then it's going to carry over into high school. Again, the other thing that these slop diggers love when it comes to the routines and the, you know, just the sick routines and behaviors that many K-12 school teachers have is they, they, they detest anybody taking over in a leadership position and proposing, like I said earlier, anything new. Even if the new thing is an ancient way of doing it that works, like the McGuffey Readers, you're not going to find a copy of the McGuffey Readers in most elementary schools, let alone classrooms or library. You won't. Every, every kindergarten student should own a copy of the McGuffey Readers, all of them, and they should be reading them with regularity but they don't. It's just, it's gimmicks. It's lots of gimmicks. Sight words, quote unquote. We never had that growing up. We never had sight words. What the hell is that? You just learned how to read because reading is intrinsic in all of us. We're born with the ability to do it. We just have to be guided quickly and appropriately in the right direction. And you can take a person who is illiterate and have them reading in less than two weeks. And then they do it with regularity, and then it becomes smoother and smoother as time goes on. It's not what happens, by and large, in these schools. They'll spend an entire week on a single letter of the alphabet. That's a problem. But they're doing it because of timing. They want to draw, you know, a lot of these teachers want to draw this out. They don't want to, they don't want to work as individuals and, 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 basically as individual teachers in their own classrooms and say, I'm going to teach you the most amount of information I can in the shortest amount of time. And I want you to be able to master these things. They don't view it like that. They're too collaborative, quote unquote. That's why I detest the word. Collaboration in those environments is poison. It's absolute poison. Because the singular teacher in a classroom in a larger school will look at the other teachers around them, even within their own grade level, and say, well, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing, and how are you doing it? And then they'll go to the next level. So, for example, if they're a kindergarten teacher, and they'll ask the first grade teacher what the first grade teacher is doing, if the first grade teacher is doing things that should have been done at the kindergarten level, then they're just retarding one another. And I mean that literally. I mean, they are slowing each other down as educators, thereby slowing down their students. They're developmentally handicapping themselves and everyone around them. It's awful. It's, it's, uh, it's not, this is not, you know, the, the subject of American K-12 education and, and higher ed in America is not too big to fail. A lot of people use that phrase, as you've heard me say, they'll say, well, it's too big to fail. We will always support it monetarily, and that's the way that it will be. No, it's not too big to fail. It's, it's, it's so broken, it has to fail. It's the only conceivable conclusion to American K-12 and higher ed. It has to crumble. 
This is just another example of the corrupt nature of the entire apparatus. So thank you for sending me that story. It's things like that that get me, uh, get my blood pressure up. I hate hearing about it, but it's so, again, emblematic of, of the larger picture that uh, re- removal from these environments is the only way forward. Let me give you another example of the corruption and how the brainwashing has to stretch, not only from district to district, but state to state to create a nationwide brainwashing apparatus. Jesse James from the Dangerous Info Podcast sent this my way. This is from clickondetroit.com. You can't make this up. Quote, Oxford High School shooting survivors go to Texas to bring comfort to survivors of Uvalde shooting. Survivors, parents, and teachers travel to Uvalde. The caption under the picture, uh, I'm going to play the audio here too. Says, as the one year anniversary of the deadly Oxford High School shooting approaches, survivor Zoe Ture, 18, launched an initiative to unite school based gun violence victims. Holy Lord. Again, give me five minutes. Give me five minutes with these students. And, and I'll tell you something. Do me a favor if you can. If anybody is listening to this, send this episode along with links to my previous Uvalde episodes. And then try to find the email of this Zoe Ture gal. And just send them her way. Uh, They believe things that are not real, and I am certain that they are using a lot of that GoFundMe money that was filtered away from the GoFundMe sites in Oxford, Michigan, and then were laundered or filtered through these other money companies that seek to raise money for these crises that occur, real or fake, and they're using that money to then go on a trip. That's the problem with with these activists, okay? And I got to tell you, I've been called an activist once or twice. I don't like that word. I don't like people referring to me as an activist. I am not an activist. I'm an American. So if you're out there, please don't view me or this show as being activism. It's not. Activists operate on the basis and foundation of things that are not real. Almost all of them. When I hear the word activist, I hear leftist. When I hear the word activist, I hear someone who is operating on a falsehood. And this is part of it. So let me play the audio of this for you right now in three, two, one. Survivors of a horrible tragedy, the students of Oxford High School, motivated to help other school shooting survivors because they understand the trauma, the grief, the terror. An Oxford High School graduate is leading a trip to help families of Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas. Our Sandra Ali live at Oxford High School tonight to show uh, us the special event that they have planned. Hi, Sandra. Hi there, Jason and Karen. You know what the students say, this is all about survivors really embracing each other and leaning on each other, helping each other as a way to heal. 
It almost hit worse than our own um, because we could feel it immediately. Nicole Barnett had just come back from lunch. She was in her classroom in the hallway where it happened on that tragic November afternoon. Six months later, after a mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, Nicole found herself reliving those harrowing moments all over again. It was like it, it was happening to us all over again. Um, why? I think because we knew how those parents were feeling, how those kids were feeling. For Oxford survivors like Zoe Ture, it brought back painful memories as well. I definitely remember having to, like, you know, like, jump out of a window and, like, the feelings that we all felt when I was with friends. Like, I remember all the different friends that I was with and the, all the things that we were thinking at the time. Did you feel like almost, like, you're here you are reliving something mm -hmm. all over again? Through mm -hmm. the eyes of somebody, like, much younger, which yep. is so, so hard. They decided in order to heal, they had to do something. Zoe went to a rally along with other survivors of school gun violence in Austin, Texas. I got a chance to meet all these amazing, amazing, like, younger survivors. Like, Caitlin Gonzalez is one of the girls that I've kept in contact with. And so I got a chance to meet her, and it was such an amazing experience for me. And I also thought, like, she's so young, and she went through what I went through. And even, like, maybe on a worse scale, like, she lost one of her best friends. And so I thought this is something that we need to get done. That's where the idea came from, to get the Oxford community together to try to help. When the students kind of jumped into action, they thought of everything everyone did for us. So the blankets were an item when the kids came back to the school to get their backpacks. Um, another foundation had made um, blankets for all the kids. Companies like Joanne Fabrics donated fleece. And we know it's warm there, but it's about like the warmth that we want to give them, whether we're there or not. And then they got to work better to know that I'm like doing something for these younger kids. Zoe, along with more than 20 other students, parents and teachers from Oxford are now going to Uvalde. I'm going to interject something real quick here. The teacher's name is Nicole Barnett. She claims, of course, to be a Oxford, Michigan school teacher. I don't know if it's in the high school or somewhere else, but whatever. We need to find this woman's email, which I'm sure can be very easy to do, and link her into this show. This is, this is brainwashing 101. They have no idea how deep evil goes. They don't know. It's possible they're bought off. It's possible that they know it didn't happen, and they're just interested in the trip and tricking other people. I mean, I don't know her connections. I don't know these people's connections. What I do know is that the bad people who are really in charge love using stupid people and people who are brainwashed and don't know what really happened to advance their own causes. We all know that. They're pawns in this game. They're just sick pawns in this game. And again, they have no idea. They probably have no idea, but they're getting paid. They think they're doing a good thing. And they need to know that, again, much like uh, that, that, that fake shooting in St. Louis, okay, M most recently, you have to have minors in a building when a drill is taking place, or if it's not a drill, it's, it's a manufactured script, you have to have minors in place in order to brainwash them so that they actually grow up believing 
that the thing that happened in their building when they were there that day actually happened, when in fact it didn't. It's child abuse. You're, you're lying to a group of children with regularity and tricking them into living a life that is based on a lie. That's a problem. And that, again, perpetuates a lot of this nonsense. But she needs to be stopped dead in her tracks. Again, they're asking for money. They're asking for funds to fly them all down there and do what? Play counselor to people who didn't witness a real shooting because it didn't happen? Ladies and gentlemen, again, you know, the it's so satanic. It's just so satanic, the, the tricks and the lying and all of it. The Oxford thing happened. You know, I have confirmation of that. But the Uvalde thing didn't. Sandy Hook didn't. These, the, the, those things didn't happen. The St. Louis thing, no chance that was a real shooting. Completely fake. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about here. But this is what the enemy wants. The enemy needs this. They need to connect falsehoods with real things and then blur those lines that would separate them clearly if a person was thinking. Because they have to put them all in the same bucket so that they can continuously reference all of the filth that's in that bucket as being truthful when clearly it's not. The video continues. There's about two minutes left. Here we go. For when they needed it most back here at home in Michigan. And now that we're going there, we're hoping to not only offer that symbolism, but be able to actually connect with these kids and know that you're not alone. A healing trip for everyone. The timing almost exactly one year after the Oxford shooting. I think events like this give us purpose. And so if there's anything that can come out of our situation, I, I'll do anything. And back out here live, you know, these students and teachers as well have worked so hard for so many months to try to make this happen. We should point out that the students, the teachers and the chaperones, they have all uh, been raising money and getting contributions so that they can get to Uvalde. They've had some very generous contributions from folks in the community, but of course they could still use your help. So if you're interested in helping out, we've posted that information for you on our website. Click on Detroit. Back to you. Certainly worthwhile. And Sandra, I met Zoe at the State Capitol for our rally there. I'm sure you realize this is so impressive the way, and no surprise that she would be behind something like this that helps others. So impressive. And you know what? They Like I said, she's worked so hard for so many months. And she's so passionate about this. So yeah. um, hopefully they will get everything they need to make it there. Just to, the people that totally understand helping others, we get it. Sandra, great stuff. Thank you. Great stuff, Sandra. Great stuff. All based on a lie. All based on a lie. They, they think they're helping something, and they think they're helping themselves, and yet we lie loudest when we lie to ourselves. They have no idea how they've been duped. They have no idea how they've been tricked. I think it's sad. But at the exact same time, uh, somebody's got to contact these people because, good Lord, I mean, it's not like it's going to change their minds. Um, they're going to still do it. To them, it's a vacation. It's a paid vacation for activism. Again, all based on a lie. But there you have it.
the lies continue and the profiting from it continues. Um, again, the names of those individuals very quickly. Nicole Barnett is the alleged school teacher. And uh, Zoe Ture, an African-American 18-year-old, are the individuals who launched the initiative. I'm here on uh, Zoe Ture's Facebook page. It says, we are having an event for Uvalde children and families. It will be a fun day filled with games, food, and more. This fundraiser will cover travel, costs, food, games, and supplies. That was back on September 20th. Um, This apparently is taking place Saturday, November 19th at the Sergeant Willie de Leon Civic Center, 300 East Main Street, Uvalde, Texas. Good Lord. What a waste. What a waste of time. What a waste of energy, money. Uh, but brainwashing, ladies and gentlemen. You, you have to keep the brainwashing going. Is it possible that there isn't a single school teacher or administrator in the Oxford School District in Michigan that is aware that this entire thing was fake and has not told these people that it was fake? The answer to that question is yes. It is possible. It's highly possible that there's not a single human being in that school district that would consider anything that occurred in Uvalde to be 100% fake. You've heard me... I'm, uh, wow. Wow. You've heard me describe the American K-12 school environment as a cult. This is a perfect example of that. They shape their policies based on lies. They take news events they immediately trust without any investigation whatsoever into the veracity of it at all. And then they just say, well, it happened because it was on our idiot box. And then they say, this has to stop. And, you know, all the cliche quotes that they use. Uh, You know, I hope a day comes where we never have to experience this again. And this is terrible. And uh, what a a tragedy. And when is gun violence going to blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just, it's the same old yarn. It's exhausting. Uh, Here's the GoFundMe page. Help Oxford Legacy students travel to Uvalde. They're up to $15,580 now. And in the picture, they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, approximately 17 students. It It says the following here. Oh, wow. I'm going to read this. Buckle up. Here we go. It says, Nicole Barnett and two others are organizing this fundraiser. Hi, my name is Nicole Barnett. Nicole's going to get an email from me, ladies and gentlemen. I have no choice. I have no choice. See how she responds. I bet she responds with something. If she responds, it won't be to ask more questions about it. She'll respond in a way that says something like, Again, this is if she were to respond. She'll respond to my email to her in a way that will say something like, how dare you? That's so insensitive. How on earth could you say that such a thing is fake? Uh, It'll be something like that. Because the name calling is too easy for the people who are incapable of thinking. 
So she introduces herself in this uh, GoFundMe and she says, quote, I am the IB uh, diploma, I can read, diploma program coordinator at Oxford High School in Oxford, Michigan. Our IB diploma senior students have made it their mission to help the Robb Elementary students in Uvalde, Texas. They're already millionaires, by the way. All those fake families with those fake dead kids, they're multimillionaires now. Quarter of a million it, to some families, some, some of them got half a million, some of them got millions. Uh, let's see, on May 25th, 2022, these students started their foundation, the Oxford Legacy. Right after it, right after the shooting, they started this? Weird, weird timing. Following the traumatic mass shooting at our school on November 30th, 2021, we, re- we received love from all over the country. Our school, Oxford High School, made tragic history with yet another mass school shooting. Our lives forever changed. We lost four student wildcats, six students injured, and one teacher injured that day. Tragedy struck again as we all watched Uvalde's horrific day unfold before our eyes at Robb Elementary. We knew the sights, sounds, fears, grief, and trauma those kids felt. We also know. This will be an ongoing trauma process. We want to give back the love and we that we have been given. Honest to God. All right. Uh, our group, Oxford Legacy, formed the next day. Interesting timing. May 25th, 2022. We felt the need to profit from this because we feel the need to profit from all of these things. They didn't actually say that. I'm just adding that in. We felt we had the responsibility and purpose of doing something to give back. We thought back to our own thoughts, items, cards, and meals people gave us. We started reaching out to corporations to request donations. Sure. Because when people aren't thinking, they open up their wallets. And we're bloodsuckers. So that's what we do. We formed an internal school account to collect financial donations, hoping to make a difference for the victimized community members on that tragic day. Over the past five months, we have had success and raised money strictly to spread joy and love to rob elementary victims. There were no victims. And they already have money. And you can't do anything for them because it's based on a lie. It continues, unfortunately. It says, quote, we plan to deliver the items we have purchased in person. Some of those items include over 1,200 handmade blankets, water bottles, fidgets. They're going to give them fidget toys. Honestly. God help us all. Uh, Bags, bracelets, and more. That's right. Bags, bracelets, and fidgets, and water bottles, because apparently those don't exist in Texas. Uh, We recently partnered with OHS class and 2022 graduate Zoe Ture to assist in her event, Seniors United Play Day. I'm sorry, Survivors, I can read. Survivors United Play Day, quote-unquote. Couldn't come up with a better name for something that didn't happen. Uh, let's see. Where where we will be volunteering in person 
and using this event to distribute our items and connect with the community. All monetary donations we have received in the past are strictly for the victims of Uvalde. This GoFundMe is now in place for us to fundraise enough money to cover our travel expenses, including hotel stays, ground transportation, and food. There will be 24-hour total participants, students, and chaperones. Any funds raised will go towards covering this total balance of travel. If we exceed the goal, additional funds will be put toward the Uvalde Foundation and Therapy Dog Purchase. Uh, pain recognizes pain, and we want to help along the same path of healing we have traveled. Unquote. Good Lord. Where to, where to even begin with this? Where to even begin? I, I, you know, I, I can't, I'm not even going to do it. I can't, I can't. Every, every aspect of this is a lie. You can't give a blanket to a kid who wasn't a victim of a thing that didn't happen. Don't worry, we have water bottles and fidget toys and a bag. It's almost like they're going to a crappy elementary school uh, teacher conference where they're picking up tchotchkes on their way in the door. And then they take a bunch of pictures and make it look like they're helping one another. They pat each other on the back, and then they leave, not knowing the entire thing was a goddamn lie. This, this blows me away. Blows me away. These bloodsuckers will stop at nothing, but they're, they're brainwashed bloodsuckers. See, that's the worst kind of bloodsucker. The one that has no idea that it's not actually sucking blood. It's just, um, it's a lie. The whole thing, the whole thing is a lie. I'm going to email this woman, this Nicole Barnett. I promise you, by day's end, I will email her, and uh, I'll read that email on the next show, and then we'll see if I get a response. I bet I don't. I bet I don't. But I'll give it the old college try. Okay, jab news. Moving on. Here's a piece of audio I want to play. Kim Carter tossed this my way. It's from TikTok, jab-related. Uh, here is that audio in three, two, one. On January 25th, 2022, Thomas Renz, the attorney for doctors Peter Chambers, Teresa Long, and Samuel Sigaloff, testified before Congress regarding data leak directly from the Defense Health Agency's Defense Medical Epidemiology Database otherwise known as DMED. Within DMED exists the Defense Medical Surveillance Systems, DMSS, which contains up-to-date and historic data on diseases, medical events, and data on DOD personnel. The database is similar to VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, but it's distinct in that it only applies to DOD personnel, and only medical providers can input information into the system. Upon inspection, we can see that information has been gathered from a five-year average of dozens of diseases and medical disorders. Myocardial infarction, or a heart attack, rose 269% in a 10-month period from January to November of 2021, from 612 cases to 1,650. 
pericarditis rose 175% from 589 cases to 1,029. Myocarditis rose 285% from 127 cases to 363. Pulmonary embolisms rose 467% from 746 cases to 3,489. Cerebral infarction, Bell's palsy, immunodeficiencies, ITP, menstrual irregularity, MS, neoplasms, non-traumatic subarachnoid hemorrhage, spontaneous abortion or miscarriage, all rose at least 250% or higher, some cases 350%. Disseminated intravascular coagulation, a rare and serious condition that disrupts your blood flow due to a blood clotting disorder that can turn into uncontrollable bleeding, rose 1,175% from 7 to 87 documented incidents. HIV often leads to AIDS rose 590% from 454 cases to 2,681. Chest pain, which averaged 4,892 reported incidents from 2016 to 2020, rose 1,529% to 74,813 individuals Dyspnea, which is difficult or labored breathing, rose 905% from 4,968 to 44,990. You may ask why. Why would the Department of Defense knowingly continue to harm the service members who comprise the military? While we can't answer that question for certain, we can offer a great deal of information which we've used to form our own opinion. Documents we released in October of 2021 revealed a 158-page RMP titled Comirnaty COVID-19 mRNA Vaccine Risk Management Plan, which laid out plans to study DOD data in relation to service members' response to COVID-19 vaccines. A document within the study titled Pharmacovigilance Plan highlights C459-1011 a post-authorization study for personnel within the DOD and their family members, and how myocarditis and pericarditis affect those who have taken Pfizer-BioNTech EUA vaccine. The sponsor, in this case the DOD, has agreed to provide regular studies of the EUA vaccine on service members in periodic safety update reports. Because Pfizer has not produced their FDA-approved Comirnaty, and we know based on our own research and reporting, along with numerous other publications, that EUA vaccines are the only vaccines available to service members. We can surmise that American military forces have been used as a giant study group for over a year now. We also know that Pfizer's Comirnaty, which once again hasn't even been produced, was given BLA licensing on August 23rd of 2021 from the FDA and had that same BLA license withdrawn on the same day. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin announced a mandatory vaccine for service members on August 24th based on the licensing, even though the license had been withdrawn before his announcement. 
due to the political influence applied to the vaccine and the amount of money that was made off of its distribution, it's hard to imagine an agreement wasn't made behind closed doors to make the vaccine appear as if it had been approved by the FDA. The Secretary of Defense himself owns over 29,000 shares of Tenet Health, a company that made a vast amount of money from Pfizer's vaccine and lined the SecDef's pockets along the way. Because of the unlawful manner in which the service branches applied the Secretary of Defense's order, hundreds of service members have been discharged under the false pretense of disobeying an unlawful order, and thousands more have been barred from re-enlisting or continuing to serve after their contracts expire. What we're witnessing is nothing less than an outright assault on the armed forces who protect America's Constitution and subsequently her freedoms. Sources have told us the DOD tried very hard to conceal this information and prevent it from getting out. The release of this information implicates numerous officials at the highest levels of the Pentagon in numerous crimes. The expulsion of those service members who refused the vaccine, along with the thousands who were injured or killed because of it, will have disastrous effects on the United States national security in the immediate and long-term future. It is hands down one of the largest, if not the largest, crimes that has ever occurred. Period. The people who were involved in this, they all need to hang. Every single one of them. All these workplaces, all of these defense organizations, again, as they clearly laid out the military as well. The individuals working within our own government were purposely seeking to destroy our own military. To, of course, usher in a global military. I think that's part of the plan. I think that's part of the scheme here. But it's terrible. I don't know what else I can add to that that I haven't already discussed in the past. Um, I did want to bring this up too. This occurred in Canada last week, if memory serves. Uh, this comes from Natural News. It's titled Anti-Vaxxer Hunter Who Terrorized Freedom Convoy Truckers Collapses on Camera. Was it the COVID jab? It says, in an apparent act of divine justice, a Canadian lawyer who has kept himself busy the past year after uh, year going after the Freedom Convoy truckers for prosecution passed out and collapsed during a recent Canada Emergencies Act hearing on the matter. Prior to the incident, attorney Gabriel Holoquin was questioning Mario Di Tommaso, if I'm saying that right, the deputy solicitor general in Ontario. While reviewing the handwritten document with Di Tommaso, Poliquin asked for clarification about whether the CMV acronym referred to commercial vehicles. He was then Poliquin was then seen opening a plastic water bottle before suddenly losing consciousness and falling to his left. As his body hit the ground, creating a loud crash, D. Tommaso expressed shock, as did a woman in the background who was he heard gasping. Then, of course, they have the video. Um, then they're asking the question, is he still alive? No one seems to know, and the media won't say. Poliquin's current condition remains unknown because nobody, is no is, nobody in the known rather knows about it and is willing to say anything. Even the Canadian press 
which was on site, is refusing to share any further details, quote, out of respect for him and his family. The incident is strangely similar to that of CHI Memorial Hospital's Tiffany Dover, who, of course, as you recall, uh, passed out and fell to the ground while promoting the Wuhan coronavirus vaccines, quote-unquote, in front of the world. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're scooping these people up and ushering them away, in particular if they are government officials, if they are on camera, and then the excuses roll out as to the cause of death. This is going to keep happening. Uh, But then again, fortunately, there are potential lawsuits like this which are going to further expose this problem, and I hope that these kinds of lawsuits ramp up. This comes from ESPN. Must have been very difficult for ESPN to uh, actually publish this on their website. It says the following quote Ex Washington State coach Nick Rolovich files suit over firing. It says former Washington State coach Rick, uh, Nick Rolovich rather, has filed a lawsuit against the University, Washington Governor Jay Inslee, and Washington State University Athletic Director Pat Chun seeking damages related to his dismissal last year for refusing to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Rolovich had previously filed a claim against the university, which was a prerequisite for suing a state agency. The 32-page complaint, which was filed Friday, according to Rolovich's lawyers, Brian Falling, uh, contains eight counts, including breach of contract, discrimination against religion, wrongful withholding of wages in violation of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, as well as the First and Fourteenth Amendments. All of that, by the way, sounds very familiar with previous lawsuits that have already occurred, and I'm sure future lawsuits that are going to commence in the weeks, months, and years ahead. This story continues. It says, unlike the claim which indicated Rolovich would seek $25 million, the complaint did not specify how much money he is seeking. However, it does request damages to include the loss of past and future income, liquidated damages from his employment, punitive damages, and other costs related to bringing the lawsuit. WSU fired Rolovich and four assistant coaches for cause last October for failing to comply with the state's vaccine mandate. In a statement Monday, Washington State called the lawsuit against university without merit. Of course they did. They don't care about the jab injured. They don't care about the jabbed. These people are so deep in their own lie, they're never going to give an inch. You've heard me say that. They're not going to give an inch. They're not going to say, you know what, we were wrong. We apologize and we were wrong. The second they say that, the floodgates open. The second they say that, it is game over. They might as well put a gun in their mouth at that point. Uh, uh, Let's see. It says, quote, Washington State University carried out the governor's COVID-19 vaccination proclamation for state employees in a fair and lawful manner. No, you didn't including in its evaluation of employee requests for medical or religious exemptions and accommodations, it said. For multiple reasons, Mr. Rolovich did not qualify, and the university firmly stands by that decision. 
Washington State University will vigorously defend itself against Mr. Rolovich's claims. And there you have it. They're going to vigorously defend themselves from anyone's claims to whatever it is that they claim. It says requests for comments sent to Inslee's office were not immediately returned Sunday night. It is unclear whether the other coaches fired Rick Logo, John Richardson, Craig Sutzman, and Mark Weber also plan to sue. They'd better. It then concludes and says Rolovich is currently working as a volunteer in volunteer capacity with the Sand I'm sorry, San Marin High School football team in Northern California, new near where he grew up, rather, unquote. I'll tell you what. Uh once the floodgates open, these places are finished. They're finished. We need a new nation going forward. And a nation does, and, and frankly, I should say, a nation that does not involve these institutions. It can't possibly involve them, let alone the people themselves who blindly went along with this without questioning anything. That should tell you about. The kinds of people, as you've heard me say, that run these institutions. They are either blackmailed or they are purposefully picked because they're blackmailed, of course, or because it's evident that they have such a weak spine that they will do whatever it takes to maintain the establishment, even if that means human sacrifice, which is frankly what this entire thing has been. Again, These are the people that will not be able to walk down the street. No doubt about it. More and more information is coming out. Less and less people are attending these institutions. And the ones who have, when they get ill, sick, or die, it is only a matter of time before they make the connections to the fact that they were just going along with what the institution said. That's not going to work out for anyone. Okay. So here's what I want to do. I just got done watching the Trump speech, and I'm jumping back in here at the end of this episode. There were a lot of things I thought that were said that were really interesting. A lot of it was very repetitive based on previous speeches he's given. It felt a lot like a rally. Yes, he's running for president again. But I'm going to read you just what I said on Gab in a post that I just made on Gab. And then a couple of responses, because the responses are divided, as you would expect. And this is going to divide a lot of people. And there's a lot of people, again, who are not awake, which even President Trump said. A lot of people are not awake yet. They do not get it. They don't understand how bad things are. So here's all I said. I said, quote, if the Insurrection Act was signed, which it was, Trump hands the power over to the military. So after an election, basically, announcing a presidential run today is only going to panic his enemies. His enemies are our enemies, and they will continue to be exposed. That's fine, but the fraud exists. If the voting lies continue, then we're being gaslit. No mention of that. It took him an hour. I'm, I'm, this is a sidebar here. It took him an hour to mention the voter fraud. 
He didn't mention it until 10 o'clock. That was disappointing. But again, he basically just said the same kinds of things that he has said online, which is, we need one-day voting. We need paper ballots, hand counting, whatever, whatever it is. Yes, that all has to happen, but that can't happen unless state law changes. If state law doesn't change, then forget it. You're never going to have nationwide paper ballot hand counting. I continued with my post and I said this, quote, This will get worse, America. Carry a gun, carry two. Homeschool. Save your children from what is coming. Self-governance is the only way forward, and so is God. Pray. Now here's what a couple of people responded. This is the divide in America right here. One person said, bless you, sir. Another person said, panic my ass. How long are you going to believe this military takeover takeover horse shit? Another person said, trust the plan. Q. Another person said, what proof to have about the Insurrection Act being signed? Another person said, fed post. <laughs> like I work for like I work for the FBI. Another person said, and with the way they are stealing elections, I'm sure the Democrats are shaking in their boots. You see, I made the post on purpose to gauge the simple divide that does exist. It's real. People don't understand that when you make a post online, sometimes you're making it to see exactly where people stand on a particular issue. It's not that the post that I made was dishonest. It's real. It's a real post. I stick by it. We have to self-govern. We have to, we have to disassociate from government as much as humanly possible. We have to not participate in their games and what they want us to do. These are the things that we have to do. If they knock on our doors with their blue hats, as Stu Peters says, like the UN is going to show up, then we shoot them in the face. That's all. We shoot them in the face. I'm ready to do that. I know lots of other people are too. But there's also lots of people, potentially including our neighbors, who would let the blue hats just walk right into their house and assess the way that things are going on and what's actually happening. There is no way that everything that has taken place this entire time is an accident for us to be wiped off the face of the planet. That's not going to happen. Those of us that have survived this long through all of the psychological warfare and everything else, again, we, have to, we just have to self-govern. That's all. The system is going to get worse. Things are going to get worse because there aren't enough people who are awake yet. He can talk about, Donald Trump can talk about fixing the education system all he wants. It's state law. If state law doesn't fix it, well, then nothing is going to get fixed. But I'll hand it, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give him this. I will give him this. Tomorrow morning, as you're listening to this, or whenever you listen to this, I guarantee that endless people are going to be panicking. 
countless people are going to be panicking. It's going to be the story that the entire news media runs with. All the establishment assholes. And I know that I said on Gab, he's going to have to say way more than just he's running for president and this, that, and the other. Yes, because I was optimistic and I wanted, I wanted to hear more. And we all wanted to hear more. We're all waiting for that moment when our phones get taken over with an EBS, you know, emergency broadcast message and uh, people are being arrested and hung by the neck until dead. We want that to happen. But maybe we're not supposed to know. And I know that that sounds maybe naive or pathetic or whatever it is. Maybe we're just not supposed to know. What I do know for a fact is self-governance. And that's it. We have to operate knowing what we know to be true, continuing to learn, not stop learning, teach as many people as we can about what's actually happening, leaving people behind, because I've said that before, we still have to do that. We can still leave people behind. I mean, if you are a woman and you look at a man and think that that person has a uterus, you're an idiot. I'm going to leave you behind. But look what the last week did. Just look at what the last week did, alone, with people even talking about President Trump's speech tonight. I mean, even that. They they immediately were given their talking orders by the enemy and they immediately took sides. Even Megan Kelly stood up for Donald Trump and said no one stands a chance against him. And she was telling this to Dave Rubin, who has his head so far up other dudes' butts that he doesn't know what the weather is outside. He has no idea because Dave Rubin gets his talking orders. That's the thing about, I mean, I could go on about Dave Rubin forever, but, uh, you know, Dave Rubin's always the dumbest person in the room. That's why he interviews so many people all of the time, because he has nothing to add. He has no original thoughts. He's a tool. This is what we need to learn, I think, going forward. We have got to continue to learn who these tools are. Anybody who says that we need to move on from voter fraud, election fraud, and the corruption in Arizona or anywhere, or anywhere, is not your friend. You've heard me say that. Look what happened today with the media just, just on Tuesday alone here. Before his speech, all hell broke loose. Some bombing in Poland? Come on, really? Poland of all places? Are we trying to relive the, the, the fake start of World War II? I mean, give me a break. There was that. The introduction of a cryptocurrency, or they're testing a cryptocurrency. I'm sorry, not a cryptocurrency. A, a, a digital banking system more so than the one that already exists in New York, that they're just testing it out. Greg Abbott said all of the sudden that we're being invaded in Texas when he's at least six years too late. I mean, the news stories today were rapid fire because they were in reaction to what Trump was going to say. He has the media by the balls. He's got them by the balls. 
He can say two days from now he has another major announcement he wants to make. Everybody will stop. And then they will tune in. This is the weight that he, that he has at his disposal here. So, I know that we were hoping for, you know, the storm is here. You heard me say in a previous episode, I mean, I read that nice anonymous speech from an anonymous person on Great Awakening. I said I didn't think that was going to happen. But it's not this cover your ass, I think this is going to happen, I don't think this is going to happen kind of thing. That, that, that's not what this is about. There's always more going on here than what we can possibly imagine. We have got to continue to self-govern. Andrew Torba on Gab says a very similar thing on a constant basis. We have to self-govern. We have to find different ways to get back to freedom and independence and away from these systems that these satanic globalists would have us believe, which leads me to this. I'm going to get away from Donald Trump here momentarily, and I'm going to do my best to wrap this up. Number one, earlier in the episode, I was talking about emailing Nicole Barnett of Oxford High School, who's taking those kids to Uvalde, Texas. I emailed her. I sent her an email. Two of them. One over my Proton Mail, from my Proton Mail email address, and the other directly to her GoFundMe page, which again, where she has over $15,000 already raised. They're probably already on the way to Uvalde, Texas now. I said, you're in danger. You are in danger. What happened in Uvalde is not what you think happened. I sent her four video links proving that Uvalde was fake on BitChute. I gave her my credentials. I gave her my podcast name, books I had written, a number of other things. I said, you need to be very careful because you believe something that isn't true. Uvalde is a dangerous place for a variety of reasons. Be very, very careful. These are the naive people that are not going to get it. And yes, I know, we need to leave some of them behind. So Sean, why did you email her and try to help her? Because I don't want her to get killed. And I don't want her to get other people killed. You stick your head in a hornet's nest. Do not ask for a compliment. You will only get stung. That's the way that it goes in this world. Sending an email is easy. I mean, I can do that. Her deleting it is a whole lot easier, which is probably what happened. She probably dismissed the email immediately. And I told her in the email, don't dismiss this. Please don't cast this off. Here's the last thing. On Stu Peters tonight, he had on a whistleblower from America's Frontline Doctors. I encourage you to go over to Rumble and watch that episode. Because he also said that Simone Gold is going to be protected by the Rothschilds, according to another individual who is close with AFLDS who contacted Stu Peters. Simone Gold is as dirty as dirty gets, and she's getting dirtier by the day. If you're on Gab, you need to start bashing Simone Gold and get her off of Gab. 
because all she's doing is gaslighting people over there with her heart hands videos and I'm up to something and I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to do things and blah, blah, blah. She's a flipping criminal. She's a criminal. And the way that she treats people and has treated people at AFLDS is an abomination. The fight continues, ladies and gentlemen. The war goes on. It's not going to end with a snap of fingers or the blink of an eye. We have to continue to pray. We have to continue to prepare. We have to continue to protect ourselves. Heads on a swivel. Carry a gun. One in the pipe. If you live in a place where you can carry a gun still. These are the things that we have to do because we're at war. We are at war. I don't trust the voting system. Still don't. Never will. Carrie Lake's Carrie Carrie Lake uh, had the office stolen from her. Had it, had it stolen. But as I've said earlier, and as lots of other people have said, what if? Just what if? These people have to get sworn in first before they can be hung by the neck until dead. What if they have to be sworn in first? What if Katie Hobbs has to put her hand on the Bible? and say, I swear to uphold, and then a rope comes around her neck as soon as she's done. Maybe that's what has to happen. I don't know. I'm not in charge. I'm just looking at things and calling particular things the best that I see them. That's all. Lots of people are doing that. Lots of people with much bigger audiences than this right here are doing the exact same thing. But we can't stop doing it. Just because we, we hope for something on a particular day or at a particular time and we don't get the rope and the gallow when we want to see it. We don't know who's, who's disappeared, who's a bad person or not at this point. We don't know. But I'm not quitting because this is my country. This is my country. And it's yours too, wherever you live. And I give a shit. And I'm not quitting. So someone can stand on a stage in front of a lectern and give a speech all they want. I believe that President Donald Trump has our best interests at heart. I truly believe that. I do. There's more going on here behind the scenes than what we can possibly imagine. We can imagine a lot, and we certainly have, haven't we? I mean, we want firing squads on pay-per-view <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the road. I mean, we all know that that's what we really want, and we'd all really pay for that, you know? We, we would pay for that. We would sell the shirt off of our back just to watch that live in person. Of all these traitors. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of those people, I think. I think she's one of those people. There are a lot of people on the alleged right that I do not agree with. They sound like they're all campaigning all the time. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. She even said Marjorie Taylor Greene as she was being uh, interviewed on Right Side Broadcasting, of all places, right before Trump's speech, she said something to the tune of, Carrie Lake needs to go home and spend more time with her family. She actually said that. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene is not your friend. Marjorie Taylor Greene is not objective. She's a politician. She's bought, she's sold. Somebody tells her to apologize for something, she will apologize. These are not the people we need. But these are the people, unfortunately, that get elected. And they sign on that dotted line that says, Israel's the best. I'll do whatever they say. And then that's it. We have to disassociate from these people as much as humanly possible, but we also have to call them out for the frauds they are. And we have to keep doing that. It doesn't matter the line of work or the business. I'm going to stay on education. That's the battlefield. You can't fix this. You can't fix education. It has to crumble. And we have to advocate for its destruction. And then what has to build up from that is self-governance, homeschooling, reorganizing your lives to take back the family, because that's what education seeks to destroy, is the family. Take it back. Same thing with medicine, same thing with health, lifestyle, things of that nature. That's what we have to do. We have to keep moving forward in that positive direction. So that's where I stand on all of this. I love this country, and I want to save it from these satanic assholes who are trying to destroy it. And I don't like the people, again, who are the half-talkers who think they know what's going on, but they don't all the time. And I understand you might criticize me for that as well. Keep in mind, I'm an average guy. You're never going to see me on TV. You're not going to see me with a program like Stu Peters. That'll never happen. It'll never exist. I'm just a guy. But I'm an American and I give a shit. And I know you do too. So let's keep fighting. Let's keep doing what we do. The war continues. Wasn't going to end tonight. <laughs> I mean, the war wasn't going to end on a Tuesday on November 15th. It continues. So let's keep going. I'll catch you on Friday. Lots to cover on Friday, without a doubt, including all the AFLDS stuff. I do recommend going over to Stu Peters' show, though, and checking out that audio beforehand. I'll play the whole audio here, but definitely go over there and check that out. With that said, everybody, I'll catch you on Friday. God bless. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.